0: I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Cat and Kurt's TV Review.
1: Welcome to episode 24, Doesn't Fit My Rules. This week we're discussing season 2, episode 9 of Doctor Who, The Satan Pit, and season 2, episode 11 of Buffy, Ted.
0: As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. Um, so... The Satan Pit. The Ooh, Satan Pit. Dark and ominous <laughs> and Satan-y. Um, yeah, doesn't, so, doesn't
1: mince words, the title, does it? it kind of tells have, you pretty much what it's about. Yeah, and that's happened
0: before <laughs> in other episodes, yeah. too. Um, yeah, might as well start there since there's a clear pointer that that's kind of what this is all about. Um, but, of course, is it Satan? that's kind of the big question of the episode, right? Is, is this meant to be the beast? Like clearly the beast says he's the beast and he seems to have some beasty powers. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, is this Satan or is it something that the idea of Satan grew out of? And we get that whole, um, you know, little sort of ruminating by the doctor about ideas and how ideas can sort of live beyond the thing that they are and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to talk more about the doctor right now, but we're going to talk (laughs) about the beast. So, um, yeah. So like, I mean, we'd already seen that he can like take over people's will or their, right. Uh, whatever. Um, now, with the Ood, I guess we have seen nothing yet to contradict the assertion that the Ood are meant for service. <laughs> like, sure. Um, so that that I don't know that's kind of weird because like even even as we were talking about that last week, like we were talking about like like you brought up like you know white man's burden and all of that and and uh-huh. and you know talking about sort of how. You know, that's the, the, oh, they're meant to, you know, serve us and, and be our servants Right, but, right.
1: That's the rationalization.
0: Um, you know, they don't seem to have much agency of their own. So, mm-hmm. like, the other thing is, like, you know, and there's, I guess there's a question there is, like, has that been because they've been used to serving people? But, I mean, these particular people haven't been there that long. So, what did they right. do before right. the ship landed here? like.
1: The the ood you mean? Yeah,
0: what what were the ood doing? Like it's kinda
1: Okay. Well strange. um we we may find out more about the Ood in the future. So Oh okay. Put a put a little
0: put a pin in that.
1: Put a pin in that and uh Well and I think that's a good question to ask. Um yeah, I
0: have I'd and, and I like, I like
1: to suggest maybe one little bit of evidence to the contrary. Sure. sorry, sure, finish what you are gonna say first.
0: No, I and, and that's like like, again, we're told, you know, oh, this is all they, they, you know, are meant to do is to serve. And then, like, you know, there's the part of us that doesn't want to, like, let that be the case. No, no, you know, yeah, they're yeah. people, they're or right. aliens, you know, who, you know, have their own whatever. So, like... Yeah, like it's—it's not clear like what we're supposed to necessarily think about you. Are they really—are they really a defenseless race? But then, if so, then how have they survived? Like, right. you know, without people telling them what to do, because these people haven't been telling them what to do for generations and generations. They have right. just arrived on this planet. So, right. Um. Yeah, it's not—it's not necessarily clear what well, we're supposed um, to think at this point.
1: Yeah. Um. So two things. One would say. One, I would just repeat that. That those are good questions and uh maybe we'll think more about the ood. Um, we might see them again. That's a really non cryptic way of saying we will see them again. <laughs> but um the second thing which I'll give a little teaser is that yeah. um they're not or they don't originate on this planet. Okay. They're not native to the planet. So And I think I understood yeah. That part. They're not um a native people they're not an indigenous people that this group of explorers came in and encountered it's they came with
0: they came know. with so i don't think that ship. changes
1: the question of what's their origin and and where did they come from and everything but like it's not like they're you know the local people that this particular group of scientists like enslaved or something so just to kind of confirm that. I mean, probably you got that impression anyway.
0: But well, I, did, I thought yeah, I would just
1: confirm that.
0: Like, the implication was that there was some other race here, which is what trapped. Yeah, the beast. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah. whether no, that it's race not like the originated here, the or we don't know either.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um, the only thing which I thought, which I never really picked up on before, but this time I noticed and I thought, maybe it does suggest more uh, willpower than the ood are really given credit for, is... Um and and I forget the specifics of how it works, but the fact that they have strategy nine, which, as far as I can tell, is an emergency measure which seems specifically designed to take down the ood
0: like yeah, it's, it's like, like an anti insurrection yeah you know, it's like it's like
1: yeah. somehow the ood gets sucked out, and we don't and that to me, why do you need that if you're dealing with a completely passive servile race it just there's just that hint there of you have a backup plan if you need it (laughs) um yeah Yeah. so and i understand it's the beast that's doing this it's not like the ood are really rebelling Mm -hmm. you know they're possessed they can't help it but just that even the fact that they have you know a countermeasure against the Ood maybe does kind of hint towards a little bit more danger there
0: yeah 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 no that's interesting and they certainly Communicate telepathically in ways that the rest of the crew can't hear so you know, exactly who knows what's you should going on. be
1: right to fear that uh, i think
0: but yeah no that that is interesting because it makes sense to me that they came with them on the ship you know because it's a big ship and of course they would have been just sort of serving all along i guess so that mm-hmm. like i get that but um that does have other implications then right for the bees so these aren't like, quote, native worshippers of the beast or anything right. either. So, right. so the beast is clearly able to take them over. And the question is, is it because they're more susceptible to that kind of thing? Right. The implication almost seems to be there because they're, you know, these empathic communicators. Mm-hmm. But then again, Beast doesn't really have any trouble taking Toby over. So, you right. know what I mean? Like, it, like the question becomes, is why doesn't he take all of the humans over? right is it because toby had you know some sort of special connection there because he was the one reading the runes did he like invoke something you know right, that accidentally, he didn't, right write accidentally right yeah. accidentally by the writing down on the wall or by perhaps he was trying to say them out loud or or you know it was an accidental incantation we may or may not see that sort of thing in buffy from time to time as well <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. like that certainly could happen perhaps um and and the doctor even you know he he brings up is there some sort of incantation or ritual or something Mm -hmm. that i don't believe in that i have to do to talk (laughs) to you like um you know and all of that so you know that it's possible maybe that was toby but then okay but how do the ud get taken over is it again because of that empathic side Mm -hmm. maybe they don't need an incantation and the beast just has easier access to them i don't know there's a lot of questions there
1: yeah i think so about
0: the only answer definitively that we get about viewed in this episode is that there seem to be 50 of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, we don't seem to know much about viewed, but, but no, sort and even,
1: of, and even less in this episode than last time, because they're completely taken over at this point.
0: Right. Yeah. Anything they do is suspect as is Toby. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I think, talking about the Ood and the beast and Toby sort of all together, like kind of makes sense. Cause you're right. They're just all kind of like one person at this point.
1: One and the same. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, no, I,
0: although, I mean, and the only
1: other thing we know about the Ood is that they go down with the planet. I would, and it's you know, this terrible is a, because they didn't do anything.
0: <laughs> no, they didn't. The doctor kind of has his briefest of moments of regret that he couldn't go back and save them. And yep then, okay, well, moving on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not Um, much you can do about it.
0: No. Uh, I was going to say, the interesting setup here, of course, is we get the beast, the animal part of the beast, the actual Mm -hmm. physical form, down below, and we get the mental part, which goes into Toby. Yeah. So, like, you almost feel like Toby is the beast at that point. Mm-hmm. Um and that the ood are more like the Beast's you know, marionettes or something. Like they're sure, yeah. they're like extensions of the beast, but not like it's not like the beast has mentally inhabited each and every one of them. They're right. I, this is the feeling I get anyway. Like this is yeah, that, that, that seems that, right that to they're me. kind of extensions or tools of the beast versus Toby, who is the mental capacity of the beast itself.
1: I would. Agree. I think that's that's how I read it too.
0: Yeah. Um, but then talking about. So. And I actually was fooled there for a bit with Toby. Like, I mean, they're, you know, sort of dubious. Like, because mm-hmm. um, Rose is like, you know, when she's defending him, right? She's telling Jefferson, who seems to think, apparently rightly, <laughs> that Toby is still you know, uh, uh, possessed or whatever. Um, and Rose saves him, which is good. And we would expect her to sort of do that, but, um, turns out she's wrong mm-hmm. about Toby or is she like, again, you know, it's that, why doesn't the beast take over the other humans? Is there something, is it literally just a physical thing where Toby is somehow, allowed the beast to come in and now he has no control anymore or is it you know is there some sort of agency that he could exert to not be under that control anymore i don't know it's just kind of yeah it's it's kind of there for for the questioning i don't yeah and
1: i think that's so much of this episode that's kind of the point of this episode is to present these questions and not and emphatically not give you answers yeah
0: which is annoying but i mean (laughs) it's annoying but actually i do like stories that do that i don't i do like answers but like it's okay to not have answers at times too you know what i mean like
1: yeah and especially like i think it's one thing if i think it's one thing if it's a long exploration of a mythological idea like we're kind of doing something similar in buffy where we're talking about you know, is a vampire in any way still human and what does mm. that mean? And do they have
0: right,
1: you know, memory and emotion and and, and compassion be, or whatever? Yes, and no,
0: both or neither. Yes, you're know? like, both
1: and we're just gonna tease that out over the seven years of the show. Whereas, you know, I think it's different when uh this isn't I mean it in some ways it's mythological, but it's also the monster of the week, right? It's like spread out over the two week episode. So, you know, it's not, I don't know that it's, I think not giving answers can be sometimes unsatisfying on a long, a long-term scale. Whereas, you know, I kind of like that in this one particular case, um, the doctor has to just be satisfied with wondering all these questions and not getting the, the neat, oh, I figured it out and saved the day answer that he normally does.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, a lot of the ambiguity in this episode is with the doctor and his beliefs and his actions based on those beliefs and how willing he is to have that sort of um, equanimity, which I think I've used that term before to just kind of go on. Yeah. And in, in light of the fact that there's not much he can do. And, um, I, and
1: I like the fact, too, that when you start to, like, flirt with things which are very unsettled in the real world, I mean, now, yeah, like, metaphysical in our
0: and, metaphysical
1: yeah. stuff that, like... You, or even
0: theological, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can't really, you know, in real life, we can't agree on what these things are mm-hmm. and and their reality, or even if they are real, what exactly does that mean, or, you know, so... I I kind of like that it doesn't presume to tell you necessarily what it is or what to think because that's not the way it works. <laughs> like yeah. you know, like this is kind of a you know, you're you're left to sort of make up your mind, and it really doesn't it really doesn't tell you what
0: yeah
1: what is going you know,
0: on. And it's it's funny because I actually – I didn't think of this until just now. I didn't think of this while I was watching the episodes. Um, but just the other day I, I read an interview with um, Chief Justice Antonin Scalia mm-hmm. who, you know, very right-wing, conservative um, – did I say Chief Justice? Supreme Court Justice I meant. He's mm-hmm. not the Chief Justice. Um, and – it's funny because he was going through and and you know and he has his ideas about how the Constitution should be interpreted and whatever whatever. But then like right in smack in the middle of the interview, he starts talking about like the devil and like his beliefs about the devil being real and like you know all this stuff and 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 it was just very strange. Cause one, it's like, you know, that's just not something you'd typically hear from a Supreme court judge, you know what right. I mean? Like in a, in a political you know, discussion. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, and it was a personal one too. the kind of, you know, like it was, it was, um, touched a lot of different topics, but you know, it was just kind of, kind of weird, but I think you're right. Like, you know, when you start talking about this stuff and, and the strangeness doesn't necessarily, I mean, I grew up in a very evangelical home <laughs> where, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about the devil and angels and, and, I read all sorts of things growing up about different ideas about how those sorts of things exist. But even in circles where, you know, those sorts of beliefs are prevalent and whatever, there's still people who have such different ideas about what they are, sure. um, you know, let alone going beyond that to, you know, circles where. There isn't that sort of belief as well, right. or or even different religions, um, you know, and yeah. their concepts of evil, uh, which we get the discussion between the doctor and Ida here mm-hmm. about what Ida believes, and and you know, is there a do- oh, is there a devil in neo, uh, in whatever something? Oh,
1: like neoclassics or something?
0: Yeah, neoclass, which is an absurd term to begin <laughs> yeah. with, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just like like the whole discussion there of the what do people believe and is there anything and and going back again to kind of how we were talking about like so is this are we meant to think that this thing is the devil or you know or is it really just no it's just an alien being that's super intelligent super strong physically and you know yeah burst uh if he bursts out of, like, his cavern or whatever, yes, he would be very destructive, but supernatural, well, you know, no, because it's quite natural, even though it's on an impossible planet. Right, Um
1: right. Well, and, I mean, one thing that personally I like about this episode, just because of my own inclination, is it it suggests some very Tolkienian ideas. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes me think of the refracted light theory, you know, that... Mm-hmm you know whether now that doesn't that's not to say that it, for anyone who doesn't know you know Tolkien kind of had these ideas about mythology and even though he was a believing catholic um still finding truth with a capital T in you know pagan and secular mythology because of this idea that truth sort of will out and it will make itself be known and present you know, in, in the world. So, you know, the Norse pagans didn't know Christ, but, you know, you get the story of Balder, which evokes Christ, because mm. if Christ is true, then that's going to have reverberations throughout the world. So that's sure. why you get, from his point of view, you get these sort of repeated ideas and themes, even though they may not all, that doesn't mean all people necessarily believe the same thing in uh dogmatic way so you know so and that's kind of exactly what they talk about is you know with the beast is this the devil is it a devil is it just an alien and we don't really know and and he seems to be some sort of a refracted image of the devil now does that mean he's the original and all the all the light splintered out from him or does that mean he's one of the splintered pieces which is pointing to something even older and larger behind him. Um, Or it could just be a whopping big coincidence that he's this giant (laughs) red-horned, you know, iconic sort of uber-devil, you know, like, that looks like every other devil. But the point stands that you get the repeated idea of the devil throughout cultures, and you have to account for that somehow, just like, you know, we get repeated motifs in real-world mythology throughout cultures. So um, I keep waiting for you to to say repeated
0: meme.
1: The the adherence of the repeated meme. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, I
1: mean, that's kind of what Splintered Light is, is a repeated meme.
0: Um, Yeah, no, it totally is. I I definitely think... You're right, and I hadn't hadn't thought about it in that sort of Tolkienian way, but um, yeah, I think that's what we're meant... Exactly the sort of thing we're meant to be. Like, is this... Yeah, it, it, you know, clearly to me it seems like it's either one way or the other here, right? It's not it's not like this is if this is quote the devil, then mm-hmm. like yeah, there's 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 definitely um you know, the I- different ideas throughout the universe's religions, you know, that have sort of cropped up as as the doctor sort of catalogs, you know, or, or, you know, not wholly catalogs, but gives a portion of a catalog, you know, for that. But like, on the other hand, you know, yeah, very well could be. And, and, you know, again, like from a mythological standpoint, you know, um, you get these tales about, you know, um, well, we're, you and I, we're both studying in philology right now, you get like the sort of Beowulf, the bear's son tales, you know, that have, there's, you know, upwards of 200 different versions of that story is in different right. cultures throughout the world, you know, based on some story, possibly based even at one point on some fact of a very strong guy who lived, you know, and maybe perhaps sure. looked like a bear. Right,
1: but <laughs> in know? any case, like, they point to a common origin.
0: Yeah, but, like, there's some, there's some commonality behind it. Does that mean it's, you know, that he has super strength and can swim in the ocean with full armor and, you know, carrying a bunch of swords in his hand well no probably not but you know at the same time there's there's a kernel of truth in there somewhere um being able to find it is the other yeah question that that right. needs to happen and that's that's the interesting part to and me. that's where
1: i think it's nice that they don't tell you they sort of oh yeah yeah present you with look at this repeated meme yeah and you know, and think about that, and notice and, the similarities.
0: And and the doctor plays sort of the good part of the of the true neutral agnostic. Here. Yeah, like, he Like you know, he's he's very you know, he's the um.
1: Yeah, he's not going to commit.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he's not. You know, I I just I, I actually I quite liked that scene where he's standing there, looking at the beast and saying, "I can see you. I have to accept that you exist." I don't have to accept what you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, because he doesn't know exactly. He still doesn't know even seeing you like that doesn't tell you the history. It doesn't tell you the implications. It doesn't tell you, you know, so many things. It's just, there is a thing here that I can see with my eyes and I'm not going to get close enough to experiment and find out and ask, you know, Yeah. well, he does ask, but he can't be answered at this point. So like, (laughs) yeah, no, it's, I think it I think they do a really good job with that.
1: Um Yeah, and it's that kind of pragmatic, you know, just do what needs to be done and you know, believe what you can see in your own experience and mm-hmm. you know and not even see just just in the physical sense, but you know
0: experiment and think it, like, about and, and obviously there is something evil
1: for. before me and even if I don't understand where it comes from and what that means it's my job to stop it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. It's good, good stuff. And the
0: question is, though, if the idea is what matters, as the doctor sort of seems to imply, that, you know, you can't really stop ideas, mm-hmm. um, then even killing the beast, does that matter?
1: Well, and that's why, you know, even though we don't, get answers that doesn't stop you from thinking about the answers and yeah. i tend to i tend to lean towards the it this this isn't the origin of evil you know right. because yeah i mean destroying this beast whether physically or whatever doesn't change anything about the nature of evil in the universe mm-hmm. like i'm not saying it was a a pointless thing i mean obviously it's no, you can, stop, it, you can stop. You can stop that
0: particular evil. You can stop that evil, but that doesn't mean
1: evil. that doesn't mean he stopped evil with a capital E. Right, you know,
0: right? Like um, a platonic force of evil. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I tend to see this as a refraction of the image rather than the original. Right. Um, but I think maybe what is unsettling to the doctor is that it maybe points to something. Further back, You know, mm. maybe it's yeah. not even well, the beast, well, which is yeah. so unsettling. It's that, how did this devil figure turn up on a planet a million miles away? You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's right. And I think, um, yeah, the pointing back, you know, we, again, we go, so we get to the whole conversation of time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what does it mean? And then was that? at the beginning of this week or was that at the end of last week yeah where,
1: beginning of this week the before okay. time and
0: yeah what does it mean when you say before time like how can you have before time and and of course we get to the the point where we've taken our our title of our episode this week <laughs> um that it doesn't fit his rules and 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 I I like his sort of ruminating on that idea that it's not like he has this rule that there can't be something outside of the existence of time. But that like, why? Like, what because that's his that on, rule. Right? Yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't fit my rules. And, 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 and yeah, yeah. You know, and he talks about sort of and like the, the rules. And he talks about out. it
1: as, I mean, he says it as a belief and that there the implication there, I think is, um, and not to disparage anybody's, um you know, beliefs or anything but that that's as much of a belief as yeah a belief in anything is for somebody else and you you have a system of order and life which you've sort of imposed and you know he's not willing to Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. to see anything
0: yeah outside
1: of that you Um,
0: know yeah that's a very that's a very interesting point. It is funny I'm going to bring up another article I read just this week. Um <laughs> and as we're recording this, we're in the middle of this whole shutdown of the US government. I don't mm. I don't know if that'll end by the time this actually posts <laughs> hopefully, or not, but hopefully um, that's
1: in the past by the I, time I know, this, right? this is but,
0: but as this article that I was reading the other day, um was it, it, it wasn't it it was from a libertarian blog that I follow, but like the the article itself was from um the perspective of you know, sort of people embedding, regardless of what the ideology is, is, is these people who embed themselves in ideologies. And and the guy was basically sort of trying to make an argument of, you know, how do we get past, you know, relying on ideology and whatever. And, you know, the first thing we need to do is to not have an ideology. And I'm like, is that even possible? Like right. from a human standpoint, like, right. isn't saying we shouldn't have an ideology kind of an in ideology, ideology in itself like it's yep. it's it's the there you know it's the uh bertrand russell it's it's the russell antimony or antimony or however you pronounce that you know the the paradox of you know yes. the set of things that is supposed to not include itself right? something like that like it's it's just a weird I know, i probably totally screwed up the explanation of that i know um, what you mean but yeah, yeah it's it's that it's that weird thing where it's like well you can't you know you can't have an ideology, and to do that we must form this ideology to eject all ideologies from our you yep. know brains and we, no. yep. and 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 so
1: and and you have everyone has a worldview right you right. can't even saying i have no worldview is a worldview you know right. you, you right. have <laughs> to commit right. to something
0: I'm against organized religion
1: exactly well
0: but you know how do you get there it's by re- you know the very rejection of it is kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and to, you know, acknowledge that, you know. Right. About. And so, and I think, so that's interesting then when the, you know, the doctor is sort of hanging over the pit and has to Mm -hmm. make that decision of whether to go or not. Mm -hmm. That's when he starts, he wants to talk about faith. And, you know, he's sort of surprised that Ida asks him about it and he kind of isn't really sure what to say. He doesn't have faith in any particular organized religion, I guess, but he has to, he has to think of something right before he undoes the clip. He's going to, I mean, it's the proverbial leap in the dark. He's going to take a a leap of faith Mm -hmm. and you have to pick something. Even picking nothing is something, you know, and it seems to be his faith is in his own luck. And, you know, his ability to survive a 30-feet fall and rose. So I yeah. think that's interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and that he doesn't know everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. I, and it's he, sort
1: of kind of okay with that at the end, even though he is, like, right. pissed off well, when, not on, when the I, beast I, says before time. You know, it's sort of like there's something hopeful about the fact that he doesn't know everything.
0: He seems yeah. kind
1: of pleased by it.
0: Right. And that's what I was going to say is it's not that he's just okay with it. It's that he's like, that seems to be the reason he keeps going is to find out more and more. Because if, if you do know everything, then you're done. Like that's yeah. the game over. Like, and it's not that's
1: even, not even though you don't, yeah. you don't
0: die necessarily, but it's still a game over, right? Like the game is not like you've beat it. Okay. Now what do I do? You know? Yeah. Um
1: yeah and and being alive seems to necessitate not knowing everything,
0: yeah yeah, um yeah, so i wow, uh, we've kind of skipped like all over, I'm trying to like <laughs> figure out what in my notes we haven't really hit yet, but um, I think that sort of segues into even just sort of the talk that that goes on about humanity being um the one to just, you know, the ones to just go out and look stuff up. Right. I mean, that, those are yeah. the things like, and he, and it's funny because he, he acknowledges that about himself. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I didn't, it, you know, I wouldn't, like, I want to keep going because the day I know everything is the mm-hmm. day that like, I want to die kind of thing. But like, yeah. at the same time, he, he both praises and, sort of admonishes that in humanity um you know and and also sees the sort of the futility of trying to stop that as well yeah um especially in this little comment at the end there oh what's the point you'll just go (laughs) blundering you know wherever you want to anyway so
1: yeah Um, yeah and i think i i really like that um that exchange it's kind of done in a couple different scenes but where he talks about standing over the the edge and that that urge you get to jump mm. you know and
0: that's and so i think to jump.
1: yeah and and the discussion that they have about w- what is that is that now do we explain that biologically do we say that that's our genetic memory of being primates or interesting because i think the doctor is agnostic leaning towards the scientific you know mm-hmm. like that that's sort of his bent but he doesn't take the biological route. He says he seems to me to talk about original sin. That it's not the urge to jump because you know yeah. that's your body telling oh, you yeah. to jump. It's the urge to fall. And in a in an episode called the Satan Pit, I think the fall is a significant oh, yeah. term. You know, we're no, talking I, about I the think fall. You're right.
0: Yeah, um, no, I think you're absolutely right. I I and I totally got that sort of double entendre there. Yeah. In, in in his use of the word to fall. I think there's there's definitely that implication that it's you're exploring, but it's also this is like this was the temptation that he mm-hmm. earlier resisted was to go down and we, you know for the first time ever I'm going to retreat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it's like it was. And again, was that the last episode or was it this one? I, I I'm getting him, like mixed up where exactly things ended. But uh, um,
1: that's this one.
0: Yeah, and and so he he says that, but then he ends up going down, mm-hmm. and not only going down, but overriding Ida's mm-hmm. desire and decision for her to go down. He's like, "Yeah, your plan's great, except I'm doing it because <laughs> I want to, not yeah. you." Well, and. And also because, you know, I mean, I think there's a, a matter of ability there, too. Like, I yeah. that probably goes into it. But let's be honest. It's because he wants to.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, he really wants to know he what's really down wants there. Do yeah. Um,
1: yeah. And he's talking about the the itch, which is go down, go down, go down, go oh, down, go down. Oh, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. 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 That was great. Um, but we and, and we also and I mentioned Ida just a minute ago, uh, you know, we, we also get from her. You know, the sort of chagrin she feels when she realizes, I mean, yeah, you know, she's going to die down there or whatever. But what she really like, she says that, you know, I wanted to discover things and here I am. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, here I've discovered things. But you almost get the sense that she's not upset because because she discovered things and now is going to die. She's upset because she can't go on discovering things yeah like that's the, that that's the implication that i get anyway like in that sentence like yeah i mean she doesn't want to die but it's not like oh, well now i'm pissed because i came down here and now i'm gonna die it's right. oh now i'm pissed because now i can't keep going i can't keep looking for new things to discover
1: right um right and zach kind of says something similar it's there's a lot of irony in that as they're falling in he goes he's trying to kind of find the silver lining he doesn't really succeed when he's like hey first humans to fall inside a black hole that's history but you know it's like he's kind of yeah like, but who's
0: ever going to know about it anyway, this is right? like
1: like not you know the achievement is spoiled a little bit you know and mm-hmm. uh yeah and you get that as that sense that like and especially like coming from the doctor like he's praising you know that thing about oh humans you know that you flew all the way in here, look at what you did, it's amazing, and that's true, but also, you know, they're they're getting themselves almost killed doing it, (laughs) you know, that there is that.
0: And some not almost, some do Yeah, some definitely, definitely. so,
1: So, yeah, Yeah. so there's kind of, that seems to, the urge to jump, if we call it, or the urge Mm -hmm. to fall, seems to be both what makes humanity amazing and unique and also what uh gets it into trouble time Mm -hmm. and time again
0: yeah um anyway we're kind of uh coming down to the last few minutes here um
1: do we have more to say about the doctor and rose like their characters i I, I was gonna say say we haven't
0: talked a lot about rose really um and i do want to talk about her a little bit because um i and i mean i we could probably do a whole episode just on the doctor in this <laughs> in this episode, episode cuz i I've got, yeah. I've got i've got i do have a lot of notes here that we didn't touch fully on but um you mentioned before like his belief in rose and and that it's interesting to me that he says um when he's getting ready to to go down or whatever he's you know oh if you talk to rose just tell her tell her oh she knows Mm -hmm. like wait a minute no tell her what (laughs) tell her what What are you gonna tell her um but yeah no i mean so just say it yeah and then and then later when he's down and you know with the beast um you know he's like no there's like again he reiterates his sort of faith in rose right the
1: yeah
0: that 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 she'll figure things out even though he's and
1: that's what i like about that is like Okay, it's not just about saving Rose, and it's not because he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He kind of sacrifices her, but it's not even just sacrificing her. It's his belief that she can figure this out, and we're going to be in sync, even though we're this far apart. And she needs to, like, you know, if Rose hadn't, you know, figured it out and shot the bolt gun and sucked out, you know, they would... Like, she needed to sort of play her part. So he's putting, you know... The last bolt
0: in the bolt gun. The last
1: bolt. Chekhov's Chekhov's bolt. So, uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we almost said that, like, at exactly the same time. Yeah. Um,
1: So, that's what I like about that, is that, like... It's not just a... Because we've seen that before. I mean, we've seen the Doctor have to decide, do I save the world but lose you. You know, we've had Mm -hmm, that dilemma mm -hmm, before, but mm -hmm. this time it's, uh, I'm going to go for it because she's going to take care of it. And if I throw the ball, she's going to catch it on the other end. So there's like a real trust and synchronicity there, which is nice. I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, and, but what's interesting too, of course, is that from Rose's perspective, she takes over well before the doctor even states right. his faith <laughs> exactly, in her. Like, yeah. Like, she's, you know, she's the one motivating everyone else. And it's, yeah. you definitely see her stepping into that role. And, and I, you know, earlier I was actually thinking, I almost thought, oh, it's because, you know, the, the doctor kind of taught her how to do this stuff. But I would say it's not that. It's more like he awakened in her. Mm-hmm. You know, something that she already had. It's It's more sure. like, you know, she has seen the doctor because i don't think there's anything like thinking back there's nothing that he's ever explicitly like he's never been like didactic with her you know like oh this is blah 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 blah. yeah we've seen her fumble around like i'm thinking in the christmas special you know again Mm -hmm. we saw her before the alien using words that she heard the doctor use and totally gets called out on it like yeah at that point like and not to say that she hasn't learned stuff from the doctor, certainly she does. She learns those words just per se. But it's right. it's more it's more figuring out what's the right way for her from her perspective. Yeah. That, you know, which isn't something that can be taught. It's only something that in observing how the doctor handles her himself, she can sort of apply to her own situation and and figure out how to sort of get people to themselves, be agents, right? It's, yeah. it's, you know, and again, it's not like she's running around. She's not running up to Zach's control booth and saying, "No, no, no, I'll press this button here." Right, right. It like me. I was
1: gonna say, like, is she learning by example? But not exactly, because that's what no. he would do: would be to take over the technology. And whereas she obviously doesn't, can't do that, and doesn't even try. It's more about, right.
0: and she doesn't know the technology, so no, it would be kind of useless no. for her to do that.
1: No, exactly. So it's. You're right, like, it's more on her own terms, and it's more about uh, motivating other people. Right. And, you know, being brave enough to kind of whip them into shape. She's really the one who's responsible for getting the others out safely, because mm-hmm. she's sort of, you know, we kind of talked about Danny. There's not much to say about him, because I guess he kind of comes up with the way to defeat the Ood, but only because Rose keeps pushing him to do that and then yeah, yeah. and then he kind of complains his way through the ventilator shaft like he doesn't really do much you know whereas it's no. it's rose really telling them get going get thinking you know right. following the doctor's lead which is to think your way out of it so
0: right right yeah no absolutely well yeah and, and following his lead but uh, like we both said now and we're beating the point into the ground on her own terms in her own yeah. way it's not it's not like it's not like a recipe where you've learned the steps or mm-hmm. you know a, a, a science experiment where you know you have to follow a specific order it's It's the conceptual of yeah you know learning how to to sort of do the problem solving and to motivate people to help mm-hmm. themselves to have their own agency you know not just doing what you're telling them yeah um which of course is uh stark contrast again to the Ud who Mm -hmm. have this um either from the humans or from the beast uh you know just sort of have this passivity that uh we sort of probably shouldn't like um, and don't know why they have it still (laughs) i'm still sort of bothered by that um so, yeah. So so I, I mean, I think that's the big thing with Rose. And then, of course, I mean, the faith that the doctor puts in her is completely justified mm-hmm. um, because she does put it together. And and in a way that, um, again, we talked a little bit about when she protected Toby and believed that he, you know, was good again and not inhabited by the beast. But her own willingness to sort of admit that she was wrong in that assessment, or at least that that circumstances had changed since she made that assessment. Yeah. And I
1: don't think the fact that she didn't realize what he was makes her wrong for, you know, protecting him. No, yeah. I mean, wrong,
0: wrong, just in sort of the factual circumstance, not wrong, like morally, morally, right.
1: She's morally in the right, even if her facts may be. Right. Incorrect.
0: Um, so yeah, so no, I, I mean, long way from where she started out when she first hopped into the TARDIS. I mean, uh, definitely, definitely, uh, some good stuff going on there and, and yeah, a long way from, for the doctor too, from, Mm -hmm. I have to save Rose, like you were saying, like this isn't him running off. And and not just because he can't. Like I mean, yes, there is a clear either or choice there. Like he mm-hmm. there he can't do well, I mean he does do both. But you know what I mean? Like But only
1: because she does, you know, picks up the slack on her end. And because yeah. he finds the TARDIS, you know. Right. Right. Really he stumbles into the TARDIS and whatever. Yeah.
0: But I mean, he doesn't know that at that point. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, it may have crossed his mind that hopefully he'll find the TARDIS yeah. sometime. But um
1: Right, but no, he clearly says you're going in and I'm riding with you. Yeah, that's that's it for all of them.
0: Um so so I think yeah, it's it's definitely for both of them a long way. So Yeah, good stuff. I think the only other thing that we haven't talked about yet is in regard to Jefferson. And I just <laughs> want to say I called it. I said last <laughs> it's week. True. We would probably find Jefferson put in a position as a security officer yep. where he has to physically insert himself between the Ood or the Beast or whatever. I didn't. I think I said the Ood, but, you know, it yeah. could have been some other danger where he physically has to put himself in between the Ood and the others and sacrifice himself. Boom. Called it. <laughs> Just well want to say that. You may have called Cordy and Xander, but I called Jefferson. <laughs> All right. All right. Good no, job. I, I mean I'm I'm sad. I I I like Jefferson. I you know
1: I know. This he, is this is your I way mean, of mourning him. Again to security, celebrate your triumph.
0: As, security guy who quotes, you know, poetry. Like that's <laughs> just that's gonna get you right there every time. Yeah. Um anyway. Uh yeah. So okay, where do we go from that? I guess we go
1: um, into I Oh we I, don't go to Buffy yet? am sorry. One teeny tiny I just want to say because I I want to make sure it gets acknowledged is um the the when the beast is going through and sort of proving to them that he knows all about them mm-hmm. I think the things he says to the doctor and Rose are really interesting. Oh yeah, so calls, oh, yeah.
0: Thank you for bringing this up yeah, I just want
1: right. I don't want to forget this because this is you know
0: because it, maybe it'll you know, come back because
1: maybe it's kind of important. So he calls the doctor the killer of his own kind
0: mm-hmm. which, which we know
1: yeah and and he says that rose is going to die in battle mhm so
0: and she's obviously very distraught by that and yeah the doctor says well then it lied yep because clearly she didn't die in this battle but yeah. that it didn't say this battle it just said in battle right and we all know how prophecies go as we've learned from buffy they don't always go the way that you... Well, I was just going to be. say
1: with Buffy, yeah, that we've already shown that a prophecy mm. doesn't necessarily mean what you think it does. So, no. But we do have a prophecy. So when we get those, it's probably a good from, idea to sort of them. From a possibly them.
0: supernatural being.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know. Who, it to be fair, has a pretty good amount of insight into what the Doctor, is cast yeah, and everything. Yeah,
0: and I was thinking about that. Like, but then again, he's an empathic communicator, we know, because he's able to control the Ood. So So it it could could be... it could yep. be like a sort of cold reading situation like, oh, yeah, you have daddy issues or, oh, yeah, you know, you mm-hmm. you're a killer of your own kind. Right. Exactly. Or, I know, love like, that
1: line. I love that line about that's how the devil works. He manipulates you and the doctor goes or a good psychologist. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, not or a good necessarily psychologist. supernatural. Or,
0: like, I mean, I've seen Penn Jillette do that in his, yeah. you know, quote, magic shows, you know. So, like, I mean, come on, let's, you yeah. know, it, there are plenty of especially in a fantasy slash science fiction world there are plenty of other ways without him being necessarily supernatural you know within the context of doctor who and you know the crazy black hole that they're orbiting anyway which is totally non-scientific and fantastical um you know could totally just be something like oh he read their minds and and kind of has access to those memories we've seen the doctor have access to memories yeah i mean he was touching renette when that happened but uh you know, it's not uncommon or unprecedented, anyway, in this world that one's memories might be read. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. I would
0: also say one thing on the science of black holes. <laughs> I know I was going to give this up <laughs> Oh, we're going to close. No, 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 no. Actually, and this was actually, this is actually somewhat, um, I don't know, in agreement, per se, uh, with what But there is, I mean, there's an actual theory that, you know, there that black holes are actually like entrances into other universes. Like, Uh, and I don't mean just like science fiction theory, like there's actual, you know, like scientific, like these are singularities that are basically like big bangs and other universes kind of thing. mm -hmm. Um, Bringing on the phrase, like, you know, it's black holes all the way down, like, and then they have black holes and those universes that have black holes that lead to other universes. So on and so forth. So um, interesting implications because it, it does sort of, from from the explanations we're given like before time and space and whatever like you know could this beast have entered from some other dimension and we've mm-hmm. already seen the doctor go outside of the time vortex it, mm-hmm. you know because right. into mickey's, another world right yeah, yeah. mickey's still there it's so there. you know yeah. like um <laughs> yeah you know so there's definitely like implications there that as much as I disliked the portrayal of the black hole, there are, there are some ways perhaps I will admit with much chagrin that, you know, you could sort of reconcile it a little bit, but let's move on to Buffy before I eat too much crow here.
1: Get back on that soapbox. (sighs)
0: Yes. All right. I I know I did this last week, but can I just say a couple um, things real quick about the production here? Mm -hmm. Um, Did I say last week, actually, so we get right at the beginning um that spike and Drusilla are sort of out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um but we saw at the end of last week that Drusilla was carrying it's spike.
1: definitely out of the not church. out of the game, right? So
0: <laughs> so Drusilla we see actually got stronger yeah. from the ritual and we see that spike's hurt. Yeah. Um but clearly not dead because yeah. he hasn't been dusted. So we know that he's still corporeal at at least at the end of last week. Yeah. I will. So uh, the presumption being that he's still around, um, mm-hmm. even though like Giles sort of hints that he doesn't they don't know what happened to them at this point. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring this up because we talked in like season one. We've talked before about how season one was created all up front before it aired and, and how there wasn't it was just like one block of stories and kind of gone out. This was actually um, the first sort of recorded time that we know of where there's a major event that was changed in response to fan feedback. Mm-hmm. Originally, Joss was going to have Spike die there. And so it would just be Drusilla kind of finishing out the season. Um, Interesting. And, and people love Spike. Understandably so. I love yeah, Spike. I sure. think he's a great <laughs> villain. And, and so he... Uh, You know, this is kind of the first instance where we see where we have had that sort of early feedback from earlier in the season coming to affect how the story gets told. So I I just thought that was kind of cool. I wanted to point that out. Um, Also, we're at that point where this episode brings us to halfway through the first season,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and and or sorry, halfway through the second season, and and so um, like the first season, most the first half of. The second season pretty much aired back-to-back weeks. There was one week that they skipped in October. Um, I think they actually skipped the week so that, like, the Halloween episode, which we just saw um, not too long ago, could actually air, like, around the... Like, whatever the closest, you know, day that it would air towards Halloween. Right to the Um, holiday. So, but otherwise... um, yeah, it's been back to back to back. So it's, it's you know, again, we sort of get that um, similar feel to what we're doing here where people were just kind of watching it every week um, mm-hmm. like we're doing now. So just want to sort of acknowledge those two things. And then and then after this episode, there actually was, on the, in the original airing, there was a month. So this, this episode aired right at the beginning of December. And then the next episode um, that we'll look at next week, we're not taking off a month, but the next episode <laughs> we don't have that to take we'll be looking hiatus, at... Thank didn't air until the new year until like the middle of january so
1: okay
0: uh just sort of from a timing perspective this that's why i think you kind of get more of a monster of the week sort of thing here versus Mm -hmm. a a larger mythology and then when we come back same kind of thing it's like another monster of the weekish uh sort of event rather right to kind of easy back in yeah 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 so uh anyway just for that setup where do you want to begin
1: um Well, I think I'd just like to spend most of our time talking about the domestic situation yeah. in this episode and all Seems the all the interplay between Buffy and Choy- and Joyce and Ted, um, yeah. who kind of inserts himself into their mm. into their family yeah. um, so that was interesting. I mean, I kind of like how in retrospect makes um, the fact that we kind of mentioned that Joyce hasn't been around as much this season. Like, yep. I mean, last I week- I know, they... and
0: it it was so hard for me not to say, oh, we'll see some.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's like, well, last week they said like, oh, she's away in LA for some art show or something. And yeah. then even before that, um, she she just hasn't been as much of a presence. So looking retrospectively, you kind of get the idea that we know why she's, she's been busy with this new boyfriend. So, um,
0: yeah. And yeah, we don't know exactly when they met, of course.
1: No. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, and maybe that doesn't, I mean, I'm sure the, the trip to LA was a reference to that. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that's why she hasn't been in the show much, but you can kind of read that into it, that this is something she's been pursuing and dragging her heels. Let's say with actually telling Buffy about it. Um, because they seem to have been together for a while. Um, a little
0: while. A yeah. little while. Yeah. So yeah, and again, we don't know exactly, but yeah, the She, he, she didn't
1: meet him last week, I don't think. You right. know, you get right. that sense that this is something that she's maybe been putting off for a little bit um, and kind of wondering how to tell Buffy about it. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. It kind of makes it more and, charged than it might be.
0: And and the flip side of that is Buffy being out many late nights anyway. So it's kind of like, right. you know, it's we, we've talked about sort of Joyce's um, lack of knowledge about, you know, the supernatural world and stuff going mm-hmm. on. But but I think you're right. This sort of gives an implication that. It goes both ways, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Buffy's totally ignorant about. The world that Joyce is living.
1: That in. Joyce is like. Yeah. So,
0: the, yeah. you know, it's it it does kind of give a nice little twist to that idea yeah, and an insight into um, both sides of the coin. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'll just say, I think John Ritter knocked it out of the park. I think yeah. he was really great. He um,
0: does a great job in this. Episode, great job.
1: Like, uh, just the right kind of um two perfect, kind of annoyingly nice, you know, yeah mom's boyfriend type guy. Like... But the then threatening, mm. really, really threatening when he starts like showing those other... I mean he's kind of threatening to begin with, just because he's so you know nice by the book that you do get that stepfordish like mm-hmm. he's too nice to be really nice there must be something else going on and you it's buffy so you kind of you're looking for the monster of the week and everything but like sure. you know
0: right and the name but, of the episode is ted it's so ted, you know so, all yeah angles point to him but but, yeah. but
1: i kind of like that like You know, it's not really until that last act that you get the reveal that he actually is a monster. That they really play with this idea of, you know, his monstrousness isn't necessarily just that he turns out to be a robot. It's that, you know, it could be something which is very human and very, you know, you don't necessarily have to look past something that a person is capable of. Which is, you know... Extremely controlling and abusive and misogynistic, and like, and like a really scary guy to have. Like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, just I don't know. I think those scenes where he confronts her over golf and in, is like lurking in her room, those are all like oh, creepy. really, really creepy, but not because he's a robot, creepy because he's a scary man. <laughs> like, yeah. He, that's scary no matter what.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's so there's a couple of recurring motifs too, but it's, it's also the idea of that he's only revealing that to Buffy. Yeah. Like, why is it – why yeah. is that? Like, there's something even, like, more nefarious about the fact that he only acts that way towards her. Yeah. And it's – I mean, on the one hand, is it because she suspects he's not – that there's something off about him. Like, I don't think she ever really does suspect that he isn't human until she stabs his arm and sees that he's right. Like, like, I don't, Yeah, I think you're right. I I think I don't get the sense that she, that she thinks of him as a monster, monster, a monstrous human. Yes. But, but whatever. And, but it's also like part of the, I think, uh, suspense or terror or whatever of this episode isn't just, what he does but it's the fact that nobody seems to believe her mm-hmm. her friends you know i mean xander is all about ted willow <laughs> is reluctantly helpful for her right you, you know she's like well are you gonna help me well of course i'm gonna help you yeah she, kind of, and she whatever, kind of indulges her like she doesn't
1: believe her but she'll yeah. indulge her because she's her friend and she is asking for yeah. help yeah, yeah but exactly. you don't get the sense that she's really like and even you just know. before
0: that, Willow's complaining, or not complaining, but arguing against Buffy's complaining is, yeah. is kind of, you know, about like, well, you know, maybe, like, making excuses for Ted and stuff. And, yeah. that's, and, and, I think and that's, Angel, too. Angel, and Angel says too. the same thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, so she's got everyone on the other side um, of the fence.
0: And then there's the sort of the parallel to that when she, quote, kills Ted and gets mm-hmm. taken downtown to the Precinct and is you know uh has the detective and he does his little you know like sly like looking at her cheek, well, it doesn't mm. look like he hit you very hard, you know, and it's yeah I mean that's the scary thing about it, is because there there are definitely those situations in the real life by real people you yeah. know where. You know, it's that sort of the the victim blaming of, mm-hmm. you know, well, what did you do? Or, you know, why can't you just be nice to him? He's nice to everyone else. Like, why do you why are you being such a bitch? Basically, you know, about yeah. uh, whatever when, you know, uh, actually, no, like he's he really is different around her than he yeah. is other people. And, you know, by the way, just because she doesn't have a bruise doesn't mean he didn't hit her. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what I mean, like that's and and it. But then, when the cops talk into Joyce, he's like, "Oh, we're not going to charge her with anything," and blah blah yeah. blah. You know, but like in the room there, it's like, "Yeah, I don't see any bruises."
1: Right. Uh, like, well, and that's what? a nice—that's a nice parallel because the cop is different around Buffy than yeah, he is around right, Joyce. Exactly. Like, that's another parallel to to Ted is you know mm-hmm. this you know authority figure who intimidates you privately and then kind of smooths it over with everybody else. Um, so, yeah. you know, mom Mom isn't in there hearing how she's kind of being really bullied into, he's asking her leading questions. Like, right. it's not just tell me what happened. It's, you know, it's this kind of, so So has he hit you before? Mm-hmm. So was that today? So that wasn't today. So he hasn't hit you before. Like he's telling right. her and she's right. having to constantly say, no, no. like right, and try you're to not step back and explain. Yeah. Her, yeah, yeah. You know, and which he can do because it's just the two of them.
0: Right. You right. know,
1: and there's nobody else to see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which is really interesting from, like, a Fourth Amendment perspective because she's still a, a minor here. Right. So I'm just saying, yeah. like, that was probably not good. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah. And no. I think
1: the real, the real stinger is... Joyce.
0: Yes. You know? yeah, I, I was just going to go
1: there. She comes out and, you know, because the other, she's saying, she's not really giving as much. I guess she does with Willow. She says, like, he threatened me and stuff. But, like, it, it, she's kind of more with them trying to convince them that I have a bad feeling. Whereas mm-hmm. with Joyce, she comes out and says, he threatened me. He said he was going to slap me. Mm-hmm. And Joyce just flat out denies it. He did no such thing. He didn't do that, you know, and her counter evidence is not only did he not do that, but it was your fault. You were cheating. Right,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So
1: whatever he said, A, he didn't say anything and B, you deserved it. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, which is contrary, but yeah, 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 exactly. No, and I think that's right. And and that's what that's what gets me every time I watch this episode is just that. That feeling that nobody believes you—that there really is something going on Um, here—and it's attributed to oh, you you know, oh, you don't like it because you have issues, you know, you have separation issues, and like that whole like the she's like, well, he's not my father, like why you know, like why would like that's not you know an issue here, but you know, oh, it's it's your fault, you're seeing shadows, and you're you're yeah,
1: and then even Buffy. What makes it even scarier then is that she starts to believe those things that mm-hmm. like he was a person and I killed him, like or yeah. like even when she says to Xander like because then Xander is trying to figure out what kind of monster he was, because right. obviously Buffy can't kill a human being, that's not possible. Right. And right. and Buffy has to say no. I pushed him down the stairs and as far as I'm concerned or as far as she knows at that point, he was a human being. So yeah, she has to,
0: as much of a jerk and whatever it was, he was like, and so
1: she's now believing some of that stuff about herself of what kind of person am I and putting and accepting that blame onto herself, even though she knows he did threaten her and he did hit her.
0: Yeah. He did threaten her and hit her, but there you know, and I think she's right though, in one sense, to sort of question like, did she react with an appropriate amount of force? Oh, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like, yeah. like I and, and that's the hard thing because like I think there's a legitimate point of reflection there for her. Yes. But it's yeah. it's but yeah, like it, it goes much. Deeper than that, to, to to actual blame and and whatever, like she may have overreacted a bit to being slapped, and and I mean, you know, she says I was really hoping you'd do that. Like, I mean, so yeah. clearly, like she was, she wasn't backing down.
1: It, there yeah. might
0: have also been a little bit of baiting there, you know, going on, like you yeah. know, whatever. But on the flip side of that, like she she definitely accepts way too much blame for herself and then well, people she, like even heap more blame like, onto her <laughs> you and know she I mean? kind
1: of says like you know xander says like you know you wouldn't hurt anyone on, intentionally unless and she says unless they were dating my mother you know so it's like i mean i think like you're right like the point did she overreact yeah you know yes like a, a good punch and a kick out the door would have been enough rather than mm-hmm. to keep Slapping Hummeling. him down the hallway and then around the corner down the stairs. Right. That was excessive. But but we also know she didn't... That he really has also threatened her. It's not just she beat him up because he was dating her mother. That right. he actually... So that's where I think she starts to kind of cross the line into, you know, maybe... Um, Believing a little bit what the people are telling her, which is you only feel this way about him because of the fact that, you know, you don't want them to get together. Um, And she may dislike him because she doesn't want them to get together. But I don't think that's why she pushed him down the stairs. You know, he really did threaten her. He really did hit her. You know, and it was an overreaction. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness he was a robot.
0: Yeah, creepy one that. Yeah, really creepy. Um, yeah, so you know, know, where do we go from there? So, talk, <laughs> well, okay, so he's a creepy robot who sells software.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he knows and, a and thing
1: it, or two about software
0: and cooking. Uh-huh. So there, you get you know, you've got you know uh willow and and you've, you've got the head and the body yep <laughs> yep yep yeah i was going um, there it's it, it, it's the heart oh yeah i mean xander if ever xander exhibited you know the body yeah, his, his role as the body in any episode this is it um, yeah if we
1: ever doubted before this would have put us there
0: and uh yeah the 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 explanation of uh you know how to cook a pizza and all of that like I mean it, you know it's he, he's full of just good little anecdotes and helpful little packs of floppy disks mm-hmm. um, you know to, i love
1: I love the <laughs> the nine gig hard drive and oh, yeah. floppy disks oh. like it took me back
0: willow willow was all excited about her nine gigabyte yeah, yeah, yep. but she needed the d m a option, which <laughs> yeah was a big issue at that time um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so like, I mean, and of course he, he has that sort of, like you said, it's, he's almost too likable. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's just like, he's too perfectly nice and, and you, you're, you are sort of expecting something to happen, but, um,
1: yeah. And I can't say that I, until he came back from the dead, like, well, yeah. Then clearly, like, <laughs> then
0: like Wait a minute. <laughs>
1: there's something else going on. But but I, the only thing I did start to pick up on, and I think because they make it fairly clear, is that there's something with the food. You know, so I think I thought maybe he's human, but he's manipulating them into liking him because, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, but the fact that Buffy doesn't eat the food. She doesn't drink the Kool-Aid, I guess. And all the rest of them get taken over. And she's the only one with a clear head. Because, Mm -hmm. you know. I think the one that really sold it was Joyce. With her cinnamon buns going, Oh, these are amazing. And it's like, hmm. What's in those cinnamon buns? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, there's little hints. Nobody beats the machine. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, I mean, that's just a nickname. Like, why would, you wouldn't necessarily pick up and equate that. But then, you know, of course, when she's in the office and finds out that he has a, a wedding scheduled for two months away, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you, I mean, this guy is clearly... And then you find out that Joyce knew nothing about it. Like, right. you realize that this guy definitely has an agenda,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, beyond what a normal human being should have. And you're not quite sure what's going on. But yeah, it's... um.
1: Yeah, and all his kind of that that condescending adult language of like yeah li- little lady and uh I like put up I with like this malarkey he, in my house. Yeah, and well, I like in your house. Well, and that's what makes um when he sort of says like do you want me to slap that smart ass face? Like to hear that kind of you know, crude language come out of the guy who probably uses euphemisms for everything. You know, like right. it's little late, everything's very like nice and polite and, you know, politically polite, correct and
0: Polite but like you said, condescending. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. that's what makes that moment really shocking. And then I the one that makes me really laugh is when he comes back from the dead and he goes, You killed me. Do we have something to say about that? Are we sorry? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was hilarious. Like
1: that's how parents talk yeah. to kids, but usually not about having been killed. And not to
0: high school age kids. Exactly. Like yeah. it's like he had well and, and yeah, and once we learn he's a robot, it's like yeah. he clearly has this like child rearing program like in, yeah. implanted in him, but it's not suitable for the age that he's dealing with.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and of course, you know, Buffy's super strong too, so there's that as you know. Well, the and
1: problem. there's something just silly about that. Um, um that type of language anyway. Like Yeah,
0: well there there is like, and to,
1: to say to a kid, you know, are we sorry?
0: Like And and we've talked about it being condescending and talked about it kind of being like euphemistic or whatever, but there's also the implied threat behind it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there there's that do you have something to say about it? And if you mm-hmm. don't, like you need to, maybe yeah. you're gonna get spanked if you don't yeah. or yeah. or your face slapped or whatever. Like Yeah, I mean, no, you, this me, is
1: like punishment for he, he,
0: what he, he gives done. Yeah. he gives the literal threat too but like even just sort of the using the usage of that language itself mm-hmm. is is itself you know kind of threatening so yeah definitely um yeah it's 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 again just sort of adds another level of like the creepiness to it because he's treating her as though she is his daughter yeah and no and, yeah. yeah, and his – oh, man, his little, like, endearments or, or terms of endearment mm-hmm. and stuff, like Joycey and Sweetheart yeah. and yeah. and Little Lady you mentioned. Yeah, like um, – and then there's that one moment where in the library is Andrew's eating the cookie. And oh, what, <laughs> what does he say to Willow? He uses, like, a similar type of term of endearment to Willow. Like little buddy or something. Yeah, little buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that yeah. might be it. Like, it's like – yeah, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> like – i mean at least the ones that like ted uses are like actual ones but like he with willow it's like yeah "Mm, no 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 no. like you're yeah you've had a few too many of those cookies like (laughs) talk like him but it's still kind of weird yeah it's like reverse uh you know uncanny valley for xander there uh, yeah you're not quite acting like a robot enough yet um anyway uh yeah and then we find out, of course, the the actual reason why he became he like he like that he exists, and right i you know the interesting question for me at the end of this episode, so we find out that he was a robot, and that um I mean I know it's not like definitive, but I think we're meant to think that the conjectures they come up with are probably accurate mm-hmm. um with regard to the guy who. Uh, was ahead of his time who created ted probably looked something like ted probably acted something like ted mm-hmm. um the right. question... so he
1: kind of made ted made himself into ted is that what we're I mean, meant to understand
0: i think that's it and 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 yeah i think so like I, this is guess... a
1: kind of Cyberman. like i'm i'm dying and so i'm gonna upgrade myself into robotic form so i can live like not not exactly but that kind of yeah right
0: except it's not his actual consciousness it's just like
1: a personality
0: imprint or something right 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 but But this
1: is uh, an extension of
0: himself in some sense yeah right that's my implication and and so that like his wife who would presumably still be around like perhaps like wouldn't notice the difference kind of thing like she would be Oh, I still have my teddy bear around, or whatever. Um, so, but, but the, the, the question—wasn't
1: she, she leaving him? Wasn't that the whole well, idea?
0: And and that's that's the question that I have is like, is that him being delusional? Mm-hmm. Like, is that him attempting to you know continue living in some world that doesn't exist? You know, outside right. of like his own mind, or 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 was he completely? was it him trying to make a better version of himself and you know, he's failing in life. So like he's going to create a robot that will do a better job and whatever. Like we don't really know the motivations that he had. Like, I mean, again, beyond the sort of conjecture that, that we hear um, at the end there. So like it could have been this guy was just trying to be a nice guy and, Uh you know, was trying to create something good or better or whatever could be. He was totally nefarious and knew exactly what Ted was going to be like and programmed him that way. Like, or it could have been a malfunction that happened after the guy programmed him maybe, right. you know, so like, you know, we talked about ambiguity with Dr. Who, I think for us to sort of assume that he created Ted to act the way he did, it's a valid and it's sort of a valid ins- assumption, but I think there are other plausible explanations here. I don't think right. we can definitely say Ted was meant to be this creepy robot serial killer. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It is it, right. it, yeah, one of no, those things that like I,
1: we don't ever really hear that from Ted's perspective, do we? And um, even if and even we if we did, really hear what. The others sort of the puzzle pieces they put together.
0: I mean, but even if we did hear from Ted's perspective, that's an unreliable unreliable narrator. narrator. So, like, you know, it's we don't know the motivations of the guy who built Ted, or or I mean, he might be appalled at the way Ted's acted, or he might be applauding it, like like, you know, one way or the other. Like it, it could definitely be. Um, So yeah, Um, in the end, though, Ted gets destroyed or mostly destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
1: except for the pieces that Willard keeps.
0: Yeah, and again, we're not quite sure. I guess maybe, you know, I guess we can be sure she kept some few small parts, but um, (laughs) yeah, we're not sure exactly which ones. So how small are they and how significant? are Like computers have small parts, but there are some significant small parts. Right, like I (laughs) think of
1: small parts could be like the memory chip or like, you know, like it could be like the most essential yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's keeping any limbs. I think she's keeping like the central right, she's nervous board or something. Not like, keeping
0: the synth flesh or whatever, you yeah. know, it's covering the metallic body. Um, yeah, no, she's definitely keeping like the equivalent of his brain. Yeah. Um, but she's, you know,
1: she, she just wants to learn stuff.
0: Yeah. 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 She always wants to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Joyce and Buffy sort of make up at the end, I guess. Um,
1: Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, so do you think does it seem like Buffy just told Joyce that he just took off or that he got arrested or, like, just do we get any sense of what Joyce believes happened? (laughs) Like, they kind of skipped over Joyce's...
0: Right, because she's unconscious, right? She's
1: unconscious and she seems like to know she seems to remember getting pushed by him because she kind of alludes to the fact that he scared her, and she's afraid that he's going to come back. But they don't really say what Buffy told her happened. Like, whether yeah. she said, like, oh, I called the cops, or maybe she said that, oh, he just left or whatever. Um mm-hmm. And maybe that's not important, but, you know, they kind of don't really go into that too much. Like, what does Joyce's saying in the lower ranks of the levels of knowledge still. Um, mm-hmm. She doesn't clearly know that he was a robot.
0: And yeah. She
1: doesn't know that he's dead because she believes he's going to come back. So, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. I,
0: I don't have a good answer for that because that's actually, I didn't really even ever pick up on that. Like the fact <laughs> that she just doesn't have that closure, that same closure that we see everyone else have. So Yeah.
1: And I mean, I get the sense that Coffee told her something like there yeah is clo- no we just don't know what it was right and
0: that's why i mean like we don't see the closure yeah. Like she she does seem to have some kind of closure because they're like the whole you want to run a movie tonight yeah <laughs> you know yeah. yeah oh nothing with horror or romance or men yeah <laughs> um really limits your movies but yeah uh, it sure does the the so yeah, so the implication is there that like she's been told something. I think you're right, but I don't I don't know offhand what that might be. So that's a mm-hmm. that's an intriguing question. Um. But yeah, but they do sort of reconcile there at the end, um, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yay for them! Nothing bad <laughs> will ever happen to them again.
1: I'm ready for Joyce to. I'm still ready for Joyce to, and and I know she's done better but she's still I'm I'm ready for her to kind of believe in Buffy a little bit more still and yeah believe Buffy when she says things and
0: Well and it's know. yeah you know again we've now we sort of get this peek into what Joyce has been doing like you said and you know the question there is is you know is her belief just based on the fact that she doesn't have any clue? Like you know, we've talked mm-hmm. about the levels of knowledge, but um, you know that might just be part of it. Like they're not really communicating, and now they are sitting on the porch. Yes, they're getting ready to watch a movie, so I don't know how much communicating they're going to be doing, but that's something, right. right? It's yeah, you know, it's not much, but it's something.
1: Yeah, um,
0: you know, it's
1: it, yeah. They they haven't completely.
0: They could have. Enough. I mean, yeah.
1: killing mom's boyfriend could really wreck. A relationship. So right. they definitely but, haven't done irreparable damage.
0: But you get you you get the Well, I mean, and of course by the time that Buffy does actually like destroy him, Joyce has come around. Like because she when she turns around and sees right. that as Ted, she's going to apologize to Buffy. Yeah.
1: yeah like absolutely. she starts to
0: apologize and then gets freaked out. And and then the fact that she admits that she was scared by Ted, like
1: yeah there's she's not, admitting there's that not buffy a was right. explicit yeah.
0: there's not an explicit you know um i'm sorry or anything <laughs> there at that point but but there definitely is like she got to see that side of ted that buffy was saying was there yeah. all along so it's, yeah
1: buffy's validated it's sort I of
0: think. a yeah, yeah sort of a tacit you were right i was wrong and mm-hmm. and let's watch a movie and forget about it yeah. <laughs> you know as best as we can and so, i think it's
1: interesting too like there is both sides of that, because some of the dialogue is interesting. Like, when Ted falls down the stairs, um, Joyce doesn't say he's dead. She says, you killed him, which is yeah, very it's the strong again. accusatory language. But then,
0: nice. she's
1: clearly, if not covering, at least softening the story for the police. You know, she says he fell, and she's not really wanting to go into... Mm-hmm. She doesn't mention anything about Buffy until Buffy says i hit him so you know there is the blame but then there's also you know wanting to protect buffy and not necessarily not wanting to not wanting bad things for her you know Mm -hmm. she wants you know she's still loyal to her even if some of her communication is a little bit accusatory
0: right yeah yeah no i i think that's all right um Anyway. Uh might should go on to talk about some of the other characters though too. Okay. Unless unless there's so. anything else. Because I think I think we've kind of hit everything. I guess the only thing I think so. I think you know the only thing is yeah, just we'll continue looking at Buffy and Joyce's um relationship and and you know because it, it almost becomes a game at some point, right? Like how <laughs> How naive can Joyce be? Can or Joyce how, be or, or, right. Naive isn't maybe quite the right word, but ignorant, yeah. definitely. You know how how ignorant can she be, and how ignorant can she continue to be? And and how willful is it? Is it willful right. at all, or is it you know completely? she knows there's something going on and has this whole time, but she's just not letting on and hoping it'll go away because that's what you do with teenagers or, you know, right, like, right.
1: If I don't, if I pretend it's not there, if I go don't acknowledge away, it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, all yeah. good questions to ask, um, and keep asking. So, okay. Good. Um, Xander um, and Cordy. Xander and Cordy about.
1: are really funny. I like, their different tactics. His tactic is to play it as cool as he can and compliment her outfit, which is kind <laughs> of out of character. And yeah. and then her tactic is to flip out at him, which is also out of character. Like, right. I mean, she is always like acerbic, but like She's
0: mocked she's, she's clearly, mocked him before.
1: Yeah, this is like ridiculous. And clearly right. them trying to hide it is way more noticeable than if they just yeah. you know left and they're alone. having
0: they're having a conversation about how they don't want to acknowledge you know yeah. them kissing in the middle of like all of the other students walking yeah. around them like yeah we d- I don't want anyone to know I kissed you you yeah. know in the middle of this <laughs>
1: well it's like okay Cordy walks by and Xander complimenting her and her freaking out at him draw way more attention than if they had just passed by each other <laughs> like yeah yeah like the things that they're doing to kind of try to hide are end up gonna end up having the exact same yeah. or exact reverse effect because of course Buffy and Willow go what's up with them like mm-hmm. obviously something is up with them
0: yeah um, yeah but that's yeah. not
1: going to stop them from making out in the janitor's closet
0: <laughs> I, I love <laughs> I love that whole whole uh yeah the the, the exchange there and 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 <laughs> Xander yeah you want to go to the utility closet and make out god is that all you ever think about Okay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah, you you, you want to do it too. So let's back off yeah. Um And yeah, I mean, her hyperbole. Oh, it's too traumatic for me to even say it. Yeah. You know, all of that is yeah. hilarious. Um,
1: yep, but she's still hanging around them. Maybe even yeah. more than usual. Um, Definitely more
0: than usual. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end there, they're, the, they're a foursome now. Yeah. Like, they're walking together. Walking and,
1: down the hall, yeah. and
0: the, And the little... You know, Buffy's disgusted when they discover Giles and Jenny, who we uh-huh. need to talk about next, in yep. the library. And and you know, ooh, Xander and Cordy—they're <laughs> giggling, yeah. you know, and probably yeah. going to the utility closet again at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely a little, little funny. Some funny and, stuff and I, there. And
1: I like to Cordy's thing about uh, well, it's funny, but it's also kind of interesting shouldn't there be different rules for Buffy and mm. Willow says yeah in a fascist society she goes yeah why, would, why can't we have one of those like that would be great but I think it's also true like that's her sticking up for Buffy all of a sudden you know that Yeah. you know that's her like that's an insight into Cordy who's now Buffy should have different standards because she's different than us and and I mean, right. we can argue whether or not that's and, a good philosophical viewpoint, but that's a right. loyalty that's new to Cordy, I think.
0: No, I think you're right. And I think, yeah, because definitely it, it's a almost 180 degrees different from, yeah. you know, oh, you're a freak because you're different. It's, yeah. oh, you should be giving honor because you're different. Yeah. You should be entrusted with more responsibility and power because you are different. Like, yeah, completely Right, and especially
1: Cordy, who can be so self centered that different usually means worse than less than me, whereas now different means better than me, and with different standards, you know.
0: Um, And she sort of offers to help Giles. Yeah. You know, she speaks up and is like, "Well, if you need it, no, no, you guys stay here." Like, yep, yeah,
1: she absolutely does.
0: Um, yeah. So I mean. Is that Xander's effect on her? Is it her own sort of subconscious, like, yeah, what's going on? It's hard to tell.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know. Um, of course, Xander is just as loyal as ever to Buffy. Yeah. I, I, Buffy, I don't know what happened, but I do know you, you know, he says, which is a great, great little
1: mm-hmm. testimonial
0: there. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think definitely in that, way for whatever reason whether it's xander's influence of loyalty towards buffy or if it's just cordelia sort of getting a new perspective um and even i mean because we've seen before even you know what about giles i care about giles what can i do to help like you know you know she's intimated that before but like it yeah i think you're right i think it's definitely strong yeah i would at
1: least at the very least say that it's the groups of the the group's influence you know mm -hmm. Maybe also specifically Xander, but, um, but at the very least, I think, for whatever reason, she secretly or not so secretly wants to be part yeah. of the Scooby gang, just like Xander was talking about. Um,
0: right. Well, and... And when's the last time we've seen any of her friends? They, you know, the the, the <laughs> like gang Harley's harmony
1: this season, yeah, not yeah, for harmony a while. and
0: and the rest of them that she used to hang around with. Not that's not to say we won't ever see them again. Yeah, but it's it's like whenever we see her now, anyway. I mean, the implication is she still hangs out with them because, like, even in this episode, she's like, "Well, I'm not telling my friends," and Alexander, yeah. "I'm not telling my friends." But
1: right, right. Um, but even we've even seen her reference the fact that her friends aren't even necessarily really her friends. Like, she has a crowd. Right, right, right. But but they're not people that she really is emotionally that close with from what she's said. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, she probably has someone to hang out with during the day and to go to the bronze with, but that doesn't necessarily make them better friends
0: than these guys, you know? Right. No, she's clearly getting something from the scooby gang that yeah. she's not getting elsewhere like yeah. that just given the amount of time that she's spending them, so yeah um yeah no you're right because i and i had momentarily forgotten about that whole conversation she has with buffy like just because i'm popular doesn't mean i'm alone it, yeah you know it's i can be surrounded by people and still be lonely like yeah. that has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. um but anyway so oh, yeah. yeah, good, good. Well, I, I would just say, you know, hey, yeah. So we we mentioned briefly before about, you know, whether Cordy and Xander were whether that was a one time thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not.
1: No, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's still it's still ongoing. Yeah. Um, you know and 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 we kind of said that, like if it had just been the one kiss in the basement under traumatic circumstances, yeah. that'd be one thing. The fact that they kissed at the end of the episode last time as well, that's something else altogether yeah. and and we're starting to see that it's you know the 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 quality of the feelings they had for each other may be up for uh you know some sort of analysis mm. but there's clearly feelings that they have for each other. Like there's, there's strong feelings. It seems that they have for each other, whether it's repulsion or, you know, (laughs) attraction, it's like still in that, like ambiguous phase, like not quite sure what's going on, but there's, you know, it seems to be a little of both and, and it's kind of funny to watch. Yeah. Um, and Giles and Jenny,
1: Giles and Jenny, who are back, uh, Yes. Back together by the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, yay. Yeah. Um I, <laughs> I think didn't it's really mean hilarious to make dog eyes
0: she... Yeah. <laughs> I it's like even when he's trying not like the fact that he's trying not to be pathetic is even more pathetic, you know. Yeah, it's that's
1: like... sort of like Cordy trying to be casual comes off way more snarky than usual. Like Yeah. Yeah, Giles trying to be you know not stuffy is way stuffier yeah um and i think it's hilarious that she shot him with the crossbow
0: check hmm crossbow <laughs> check crossbow. oh check offs- cast iron did we mention that yeah oh
1: yeah the skillet right the the, yeah. the the
0: the the cast iron skillet that yeah yeah comes back to all
1: sorts of callbacks happening um, yeah no um, um and his line about it being bandaged under layers of tweed <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes stronger than Kevlar, uh, so
1: funny
0: yeah no, that's that's great I mean it's yeah that I mean, there's some slapstick there, also also yeah. a little you know metaphor there with with you know Giles, well, imagine how I must feel now that I put you in danger again, you know, and of course Giles is actually the one who gets hurt at Jenny's hand, and yeah, you have to wonder like. Maybe there was a subconscious trigger pull in that instance. Uh-huh. Like maybe, maybe it was a little, you know. I I wouldn't say that. I I don't A little think slip Jenny, of the
1: finger there. I,
0: I don't think Jenny would ever intentionally want to hurt Giles. But there no, there but there been... is
1: that sense that they're kind of even. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's like okay, yeah, yeah, like like we can get back we've, to where we were.
1: We've at, leveled but. the playing field a little <laughs> bit now.
0: Um, yeah, no, I I think that's that's. That's great. They're back. Yeah. I like the two of them together.
1: Yeah. Good for them.
0: Um, Yeah. Not much more to say than that. I mean, Giles it, I guess the willingness for him to go out patrolling on his own while Buffy's sort of in trouble. I mean, that's not necessarily the first time we've seen him help her out or or at least give her the night off. But like, now that we know he does actually have some skill at mm-hmm. fighting, though it still seems not too much. Like and this is why, like, I would say don't read too much into his beating up of Ethan Reigns. Like, mm-hmm. I would take that more as a commentary on Ethan's weakness than on Giles' strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, because, like, he struggles pretty hard with that vampire here. And, yeah. yeah, he does he does dust him in the end. So, you know, good for him. But it's, like, I don't think we're meant to think that, like, Giles is some secret ninja or anything. So it's
1: Right. And that's more why... The thing with Ethan surprised me because I think that is the portrait we've got of him is yeah, yeah, he can kind of get into a tussle if he has to, but he's not some um some like other than knowing a few rudimentary things, he's not some skilled yeah. fighter. So he has yeah. a book
0: knowledge about yeah. a lot of stuff. Like he could describe what, you know, a mace is and how you're supposed to use it, but mm-hmm. the actual like in the field, you know, practical application of such fighting techniques would for the most part, be beyond him at this point. So Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep.
0: Um, but anyway. Well, that's so,
1: that's good. If if it takes getting accidentally shot with a crossbow to get them back together, then that's a
0: you're good okay thing, with that. I think. I'm okay you, with you're that. You're okay with Giles <laughs> being physically hurt as long as it restores their emotional I think,
1: connection. I think it was a net gain.
0: Okay, all right, good enough. And, and I Willa, think he's we...
1: happy with that, too.
0: So so we just have to acknowledge too, we don't we, we don't see Oz anywhere here, but no. the presumption is that they're probably still getting along in their mm-hmm. respective ways. So we'll just assume that for now. Okay. Um Sounds yeah.
1: good?
0: So Buffy's the only one who's well, and by the end of the episode, Joyce is again, but Buffy's the only one sort of Oh no, she has Angel. Duh, what she am has I saying?
1: Angel.
0: What am I saying? Never mind. So they're all kind of hooking up. Yeah, she's kinda
1: nursing angel back to health from right his ordeal with the ritual and the torture and all that
0: indeed (laughs) did you have anything to
1: say about i know you weren't sure how to take that but i don't know if there's if that's even
0: i mean going into here's here's the thing i would say is i don't like definitely in this world um so in case you're not aware, there have been other shows about vampires and movies and mythologies with vampires in them since no. the show. <laughs> I know it's surprising that that, that, that would be the case, but uh, no, I, I guess I would say here is that a, a couple things just about one. It seemed like I was super annoyed by how weak angel seemed when he was trapped in that, when, you know, remember when like Kendrick trapped him in the cage there and you had the sun slowly like making its way across the room and, yeah. and all of that, like he wasn't ever like actually touched by the sun. He had just like sort of got near him. Right. And, and that, and get, he seemed like super weak at that point. Um You know, now like you mentioned the ritual and stuff like, yeah, that drained blood after him and out of him. I mean, and we don't know how long, after the fact this is i don't think anyone says like I, you can sort of rule of thumb generally assume that you know a week has passed because mm-hmm. the last episode was aired a week ago right like i think that's right a, it's, that's it's more generally, or less
1: going in, in time with the calendar yeah, i think the, the i think that's generally a safe yeah.
0: assumption but every now and then you'll get some other time period that oh you know there's a couple weeks or whatever like right? um and actually Jenny just does say that she managed to go for three weeks without being put in mortal danger. So if we sort of assume that the Halloween episode or no. The yeah. one the one
1: after the Halloween
0: episode? Uh no, it was two after the Halloween episodes.
1: Okay.
0: Uh it was the Dark Age, right? So yeah. it was um yeah, it was a couple after the Halloween episode. It, I just remember they were in the Halloween shop. I'm like picturing it, and that right, was right, why right. I was saying Halloween. Um, yeah, so that's probably
1: like three I think, or four episodes ago. I think that was like about
0: three episodes ago. So, I, I I should have looked that up before we we <laughs> were podcasting here, but um, so I think you can generally say probably a week or so since that happened. I guess my only thing with Angel then is. It seems to be taking him a really long time to recover from that. <laughs> um but at the same time, like vampires in the Wheaton verse here are not like vampires, say, in True Blood, where you like suck a little blood out of someone and you heal immediately, necessarily. Mm. Like um, but yeah, I do I do tend to and... think I do tend to think that as we go on in the series, and we and we can keep an eye on this because this is just sort of me remembering. I, I you know I could be wrong about this, but mm-hmm. um, as we go along the series, I do tend to think that vampires do heal a bit faster than it sort of seems like Angel is healing here. Now, okay. on the other hand, it was a it was a transfer of power, right? So like the implication was that Drusilla got the power of that angel And that's why had.
1: it doesn't bother me it's because it's not just a physical thing it's not just yeah. the effect of the sunlight and the torture although i think those contribute but it's it's the magical transference of Yeah. you know of something that was supposed to totally kill him and transfer into Drew and they got pretty far. Yeah, you know, it's you like the maybe sense an 80
0: 8020 or 9010 Yeah, like yeah. Buffy
1: kind of got to him in the nick of time so so that doesn't bother me so much because i feel like there's cause for that in the Mm -hmm. the logic of the story i guess like yeah now if he got hurt and was spending weeks recovering that might seem a little bit more ridiculous but because it's more of a magical thing and Mm -hmm. it had to do with like not just physical things but like his own power and strength and
0: And his his position as her sire. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That like yeah, yeah, that he gave a significant amount to her. And so it's taking him a while to sort of
0: And and that could very well be the case. I guess that was just sort of my takeaway was like, hmm, I think like later in the series this sort of thing doesn't quite take as long to recover. But honestly, I can't remember
1: any another sc- another
0: scenario quite like that one so right, right. that's not to say there aren't any i'm just i'm like
1: right so maybe doesn't trying to think this of, much. <laughs> and i,
0: I mean
1: and i mean we've it. seen drusilla who was sort of chronically ill so we know mm-hmm. that vampires can suffer and
0: from. we saw spike is hurt at this point yeah. so we'll uh, you know i guess we can compare it to that as well and see yeah. sort of and his was a Pretty physical one, like he got yeah. beat up a lot, and then an organ fell on him. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't the same sort of like psychic transfer,
1: yeah,
0: uh, like Drusilla. So I guess we can sort of compare with that as well,
1: right?
0: Uh, but anyway, right. so we'll I think we're on that. we're we're at time. All right. Unfortunately, I feel like we could probably both go on for another hour, but we won't. <laughs> and well, anyway, we'll we'll be back next week. Okay.
1: We'll meet next week.
0: Talking after after the month-long break for Buffy. And uh, no. we're coming up on the end of a season here. Last few episodes, aren't we, for uh, Doctor Who?
1: Four episodes left.
0: Four episodes Four, left. Okay, so, the, not quite, season, yeah. so not like the, quite as close. So like but... The, the, the last stretch here, the last third. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what's yet to come.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll we'll talk to you next week.
1: See ya.